0: Greetings and welcome to episode 31 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I'm your host, David's work here with you as always. Uh, I'm sorry for the uh, lack of pods lately. Uh, That's totally my bad. There will be more to come as we get more into the season, I promise you. But as we talk about that season, let's talk about the Panthers because times are good. And uh, who else to chat with me about the Panthers than avid Panthers follower and uh, fellow goaltender, local 10's Ian Margle. Ian, what's up, man? Good to see you again. Hey, buddy, it's always fun to do this. Happy that
1: we're getting to do another one uh, at a pretty nice point in the season here.
0: Yes, the Panthers are flying high right now, uh, currently tied for second place in the division, just absolutely chugging along and been in the top five in the league all year. And uh, let's start off by talking about goalie Sergei Bobrovsky, because I, I think he's starting to and not starting to actually like it's been a while. I think he's, he's the guy they were hoping that they were getting when they signed him. He's been incredibly consistent. He's not giving up any cheap goals anymore. And I think you can see that there's a confidence from his teammates when he's out there now. And I think the other thing is, and you and I had talked about this a lot. Not only is he
1: not giving up the softy, which you know what a goalie's going to give up a softy every once in a while. And you've got, and that's just part of the game. Um, however, He's making the save. He's not expected to, he's making the save on the high danger chance. And that just wasn't happening for a long time with Bob this season. The moment that I realized that he really had turned the corner was uh, three games ago. He made there was a someone coming in on break. He makes a, a blocker save sliding to the right on a breakaway. It was a beautiful play, beautiful save. And then immediately the Panthers went down the other way. Barkov picked a guy's pocket, made that ridiculous play. And it was it was the Vitrano goal where Vitrano just sort of looked at, looked at Barkov. Yeah, like, where,
0: where Barkov stole the puck and the guy not, was too busy figuring out what was going on to realize he correct. was right into their goalie.
1: Correct. But that play doesn't happen. And the momentum does not continue to swing in the Panthers' favor there if Bob doesn't make the big save. So yeah. when you have a number one goalie, a legitimate number one goalie, and I'm not going to talk about that contract. That is overblown. I have, we've all talked about that a million times. When you have a legitimate number one goalie, regardless of what they're being paid, you want them to keep you in the game. You want them to make a save. You want them to make the saves they're expected to, and then you want them to make a save or two every single game that give you a chance to win that's the difference between a vasilevsky and some of these other guys that are the top goaltenders in the league they make the extra saves that give your team a chance there's a reason tampa's plus 35 right now something (laughs) ridiculous ridiculous. like that andre vasilevsky is in a league of his own that you know sure but the thing is you can when when the Panthers hit that streak of hot goaltenders when they hit Vasilevsky when they hit Bernier when they hit those other guys they were making saves despite being peppered with shots that gave their teams their team a chance and Bob is doing that and Bob is gaining that form even earlier than he normally would in a season and it's really really great to see for the Panthers
0: Yeah, he just overall, he's appeared so much more confident, but in, you know, he always has been pretty even keel when, you know, after games or practices or whatever, he's always pretty much the same Bob, but I just feel like early in the season, for whatever reason, I I kept going back to his footwork, it just looked like he, he didn't look comfortable in the crease. He was really wishy-washy for a horrible term to use there, but he's just out there now. He's making sharper moves in the crease. He's out on top. He's challenging. He's talking to his teammates. You can often see he's smiling through his mask out there, which I think is an incredible sign of how calm he is and right. how locked in and comfortable he is. And, and that's Bob, right?
1: Well, sure. And how many times early in the season, and I'm going to use a phrase here that, that I hope you'll understand as a goaltender, but how many times do we find him swimming in his crease? Oh, yeah. How many times did we see him, make a save maybe he overslides, and all he has to do all he can do is sprawl out to the other way to hopefully get there to make a save that's what I mean by swimming in the crease when you're just making a desperation move to try to put something in the way and that's part of goaltending sometimes but it should be a last resort we were seeing Bob swimming in the crease and we were seeing Bob lack that confidence that you and I, when we talked about Bob coming into the coming in, what really stood out to us was, especially in practices, even in the games, he doesn't have to make extra moves. He's not the biggest goaltender in the world. He's not a Connor Hellebuck. uh, uh, He's not a Hellebuck who's going to cover the entire net because he's huge, but he doesn't have to make extra moves either. Now we are starting to see that calmness, that Confidence, that sureness in his movements, that he is going to make the saves. He's not looking behind him after he makes saves. Right now, it just looks like a more confident, solid Bobrovsky, and the save percentage is climbing its way back up. and And Blue Jackets fans are going to continue to call him Four Goal Bob because again, they scored four goals on him. Two of them total flukes. You and I, you and I, I think will completely agree. And I'm I'm also not
0: going to fault him for a guy getting left alone for a one time or two feet on top of the crease. I mean, you know, it's like,
1: I don't think there were a single one of those goals that, that you can, that you can totally blame on Bob, even a little bit, the, especially the third period goals were complete flukes. They bounced off of things, but nonetheless, that that's the save percentage is climbing the record. I mean, you can't question his record 10, two, and two is fantastic. Um, You'd like to see the goals against come down a little bit. It is coming down. It's now at just over three. It will continue to drop. I, I am. I feel good about where Bob is, and I was certainly not scared to criticize early on in the season. And I, I feel good about where he is now.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, looking at his numbers over the last uh, couple of weeks, um, five one and one. His save percentage is up at nine nineteen, which you know you get above nine twenty. And, you know, that, that you're talking about like all-star like yep. type stats, his goals against still, you know, 2.7. It's kind of, in Bob terms, 2.7 would have been lovely last season. I think he either got it just two, three or like 3.01 at the very end of last season, but just getting the safe percentage above 900, getting the goals against under three on top of how the team is playing in front of him, uh, I mean, you see it, it's a recipe for, for winning and for success. And that's what we're seeing on the ice.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: and one thing
1: really quickly, uh, I don't want to hold us on this too much longer, but this is what, what I said in the beginning of making that extra save, that's what the Panthers were getting from Chris Dreger in the beginning of the season. And that's why there was that, is there a goalie controversy conversation going on? And that's why Dreger was getting all the talk about i mean from the from the experts and from the analysts bob is doing that again and bob is is i in my opinion solidifying his role as the one a goaltender to driggers one b not because driggers had a down you know drigger had a, a not a great outing last time but nonetheless but because bob is showing up and bob is showing up and playing like the goalie he can be
0: yep yep that puts it quite perfectly so I'm just going to move on to the next topic because that was to put a nice little bow on it. <laughs> um, Frank Vetrano. He's, he's basically bouncing around the entire lineup right now. You know, he's been on the first line. He's been on the third line. He's been on the penalty kill. And uh, what, what I'm really loving about Frank Vetrano's game this season is I'm noticing him so much more for defensive reasons. I'm noticing him breaking up plays in the neutral zone. I'm noticing him back checking like a beast. I'm noticing I'm getting in the passing lanes in the D zone and he's still fast as hell and he's still producing offensively, but to see his game round out so well, like I, I would have to think that he's one of the guys that he was probably the most proud of in terms of progress.
1: Oh, I don't, I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. And I think, I mean, look, this was the probably the next step in his development anyway. Right. There was no, I, I described him last week as a willing shooter, right? Frank Petrano has never seen a shot. He doesn't like, and that's great. Panthers need that. Um, I think where Vetrano needed to make, make the next step was in the defensive zone and he's doing that. He has sort of always been able to slot in and out of the lineup, no matter where I think anyone can slot into that first line because you have Alexander Barkov, one of the greatest players in the NHL on that line and they're going to look pretty good. But, uh, but he looked like he fit. He looked like he belonged there while he was in there filling in in the last in a couple of games before they put uh, Marchman in, which I'm sure we'll touch on shortly. Um, he looked like he belonged there. He looks confident. Sure, he's got that speed and that and that tenacity that you need. But he's take he's making that next step in his development. And from a guy that can be top six or bottom six, he has shown. Um, I, I don't know how much more you can ask. I mean, maybe there in the beginning of the season, he was sort of slow to get his first goal. And then recently, it's been picking up. I don't really have any complaints about Frank Vetrano. And honestly, I've been very pleased to see him take that next step and become towards becoming the player that he can be uh, yep.
0: for the Panthers. I think the next on now that he's added this 200 foot game element to his play, I think the next step for Frankie will be possession. I think uh, that's one area that he could certainly improve on be hanging on to the puck a bit more um, adding a little bit more of that element below the circles in the offensive right. zone. And, and again, this not, not a knock on him, but if he's going to keep getting better and if he's going to keep finding ways to improve, I'm going to keep putting stuff on him to get better at. And I'm sure Sure. that's what he wants. Um, But, and you mentioned uh, Mason Marchment, Mm -hmm. you know, on that top line. Uh, I don't know what it is about this guy. He jumped out during training camp. He looked really good in the scrimmages. It's like, you know, and during a practice, it's really hard to like stand out. Um, But he jumped off the page during the scrimmages. So it was good to start seeing him get a chance. Now he's getting consistent time. You see him move up to the top line. And I think being that he uses his size to an advantage and he has that possession game that Frankie is kind of missing at this point is why he might be a little bit of a better fit on that top line in terms of a two-way game.
1: Sure. I get that. And, and one of the, one of the things I've noticed and he's and Mason Marchman has made this exact play multiple times on either side of the ice. And it's this, he'll be breaking into the offensive zone He'll absorb a body check. Still stick. I mean, look, he's a big guy, right? 6'4, 220. He'll absorb a body check three feet into the offensive zone. The puck will be a couple feet off his stick in front of him. He'll absorb that check. The guy will bounce off and he keeps moving in. And he has multiple assists from that exact play on both sides of the of both sides of the ice. I think what may look, do I think Mason Marchmont's production right now is sustainable. I'm not sure. Um, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a necessarily a, a top six player forever. He's probably a middle six in my opinion, maybe a bottom six guy in the future, but right now he's on the hot streak, and if you're going to play the hot hand, play the hot hand. I am all for it. He has been productive. He has been driving play at a very nice level. He has been pretty responsible defensively for sure, not afraid to shoot, got his first NHL goal against pecarini which is pretty freaking cool in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, and he's not scared to go into that corner and dig the puck out and put it out front for somebody else. And that's how he's been getting some of these assists and how he's been getting some of that production and getting some really timely, when the Panthers needed them, really timely goals and, well, Remorso assists. His goals have sort of been... Good. Don't get me wrong. The goal's always good, but his assists specifically have been very timely for the Panthers. Uh And I've been very impressed and he's making a, there's no reason for him to be going back to the, to the uh, taxi squad anytime soon. He has made a very strong case to be a full-time NHLer.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's what you're seeing. Like he's, they, they've just had to make a move because Anthony Duclair is going to be coming back into the lineup and Marchman wasn't even a thought for him to come out. Um You mentioned his strength. One of the things I like about that, uh, not just the the strong in the forecheck, but the strong, you're talking about his ability to absorb checks and hang on to the puck. Um, the confidence that he shows, like that he's not afraid to move through the middle of the ice with the puck. He's not afraid to try to make a little toe drag here make a move there. That's the kind of confidence that you want to see out of a guy like Owen Tippett, where yeah For lack of a but, you know, I, I don't want to say anything too crazy, but let's just say like you, that's what you want to see. You want to see a little bit more like hair on the chest type play, where you know I'm I've got two big ones and I'm not afraid to show it and just go out there. That's this is the NHL like you got to show off right and you know, I'm I'm kind of me- melding with these two guys because you got Mason Marchman who went undrafted who worked his way up from the ECHL to the AHL to barely you know getting your cup of coffee in the NHL to now look what he's doing he's on the top line with Sasha Barkov. And then you got Owen Tippett, you know, a first round pick did well at the amateur level had a good season last year at the pro level at the AHL. And finally, we're starting to see a little bit more of that confidence uh, from Owen Tippett. He's finally scored a couple of goals uh, in consecutive games. He's getting his shot off, which is the big thing. Um, I hate when a guy gets labeled like it's this is the way it is, but like he's a first round pick. So you just assume, okay, this guy has to. Uh, produce right now and I mean it's not always the case M- you know maybe a third of first round picks become you know solid everyday NHL guys it's it's always a crapshoot um, that putting that aside it's nice to see Tippett starting to to come and uh, take that next maybe take that next step at the NHL level we'll see um, if his confidence grows and if he can kind of play with that same gusto that we've seen from a uh, Mason Marchment then we might have something with Tippett
1: So really quickly, just to to put a bow on on Marchment, uh, ECHL guy, Barkov in the center, former ECHL guy on the other side, Carter Verhage, former ECHL, Uh. back to AHL, back to ECHL, back to AHL. Uh, Very interesting on your top line, because very rarely do you see ECHL guys really making it up to the NHL, and our top line right now has two of them. Uh, Back to Marchment, I mean, excuse me, back to Tippett. Yes, yes. My complaint about Owen Tippett earlier in the season was he looked lost there. I can't tell you how many times he would be cycling in either the offensive or defensive zone and he would bump into our own guy and it was happening often. It, it was, you know, it was something where I noticed it happen a couple times and then went, oh, that's weird. That's not the first time I've seen Owen Tippett bump into his own play, his own teammate, his own line mate. It's the kind of thing that kind would of stands out to you. And then it, but then, it, it, well, you know, it stood out after it once or twice. And then I saw it a few more times and it just looked like he was lost. And that's, so it was so disappointing because he looked like a different guy in the ahl last year and he looked like that guy in training camp this year and he looked like he could be making that step and it was a little bit frustrating from a fan perspective to see him almost regress but two goals in two games willing to let that shot go it seems like he's sort of let me get the austin powers in here he's he's found his mojo a little yeah. bit hopefully hopefully I mean, like you said, and you know what he, he had seems some nice to
0: shifts and he's had some ordinary shifts and I think that's kind of what we need to get away from is having not having those shifts where you just get lost and lost in the uh whatever in the here's,
1: run here's my issue though is it fair to expect a guy playing on a third line and only getting third line minutes to not be ordinary
0: yeah there's I think there's no
1: shot it's no shot at Lusterainen it's Who's on the other wing there? Vetrano. It's, oh, oh it is well, yeah. I guess Vetrano did slide back there. That's the oh, that's the grip it and rip it line. That's what I texted you a couple of days ago. It's that's the grip it and rip it line. It's I like it. I the like two it. guys who have got two guys who have never seen a shot they don't like and lose to Ryman. Um I would like to see, and actually, you know what? In the two, it, I think in the two goals he has, the two goals that Vetrano has been back on that line. No. Two games in a row
0: because they yeah, put... Yeah, because Marchman's been on the top line for at least uh, three games now. Right. I want to see that
1: confidence from Owen Tippett. I want to see him on the ice. Look, you ha- the kid has a world-class shot. That is what he is known for. And red hair. Those are the two things. Owen Tippett, right? Redhead, kid can shoot. When we lost mike hoffman and you and i talked about and I, I brought this up in our uh the preview podcast we did back in january the the production you lost with mike hoffman who you know let's ignore the defensive side of his game is significant you you're, the hope would be owen tippett could provide some of that some of these guys provide, provide some of that i hope it gets some more confidence and can start continue shooting like he is and continue playing like he is and bring those moments without the puck to putting himself in the right position, not hesitating, really maybe push for some top six minutes and, and see what we can really get out of him and see what we can really, what we can really see from the, uh, from the tipster over there.
0: Yeah. I, you know, he wouldn't, it wouldn't be too remiss of him to speak to Frank Vetrano in the way that Vetrano's game kind of improved that 200 foot play without the puck. And we're seeing how well he's looking now. That's what could really help Owen Tippett. it. He really, his play without the puck is where he needs to be better. Like that he needs to get himself that space. He needs to be getting the puck away from opponents, winning those board battles that these are the things that he can get better at. So, so absolutely, we'll, we'll see. All right. So from one young first round pick to the next, uh, we got a, a glimpse of Gregory Denisenko in the NHL. We, we got two games. Um, it, it was really weird watching him because I felt like when he had the puck, he wasn't that strong on the puck. But when he went after it on, on the boards or when he was trying to take it away from somebody, he showed incredible strength. Um, we talked about the confidence issue with Owen Tippett. I don't know if that would be a similar thing with Denisenko. Um, you, you, you saw why he's so highly regarded, but just like when I saw him play in the KHL, seeing him play now with Florida, like he just seems to be a step behind. And and, and kind of like how you talked about Owen Tippett getting lost. That's something that I noticed about Denisenko is when, when I tried to just watch him on the ice, whether it was training camp, the scrimmages, or whether it's now, he, he just gets lost out there. And it, it doesn't really make sense for somebody with so much skill.
1: The Grigory denisenko sort of the the reputation he has built is based on his international play, his WJC play. It's based on his top six minutes. And both when he was in the KHL and now, he's not getting those top line minutes. And I think there are two different types of top line players there are guys like alexander barkov and jonathan huberdo who are elite players that can be elite players on the first second third or fourth line no matter where you put them they're going to make the people next to them better um, my concern and and it's not fair to put the word concern on on Denisenko, but I'm going to use it only because this is not exactly his first pro season, right? He played pro hockey in the KHL. My concern is that Denisenko is an, is the other kind kind of guy that is a guy that can play at a high level with high level guys around him. He needs to be the one to, to justify his first round stock. He needs to be that guy that's making the other players on his line better. And I think we saw flashes of that. Like you said, when he, when he really did push for the puck on the boards, what he's, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's not scared to, he's not scared to throw his body around. He's not scared to get into a corner and fight for a puck, which I think is admirable for a skinnier guy um yeah he plays with a chip on shoulder. he can shoot i mean we should we the, the two or three chances he actually shot you could you could see that at you know
0: he can whip it he's actually uh, very much kind of like a vincent Trocheck, or at least like you would that's kind of lying when he's, he's playing Royal juniors back too soon? what's that <laughs> lying about injuries and coming back too soon or <laughs> No, I, I'm in terms of he's an undersized but skilled forward who's not afraid to be physical and throw his body around. You don't necessarily think, oh, he's got a wicked shot or he's got you know crazy. He's just like an all-around pretty solid player. Um, I think that could be Grigoris Tenevsko's ceiling. No, that's for my, sure. Uh, he's not there now. We think we've that, seen that from him in World Juniors where he can. He does. It's not. I wouldn't even say he dominates a game. He just he's often in the right place at the right time. He's often able to create for his teammates by using that physicality until he gets comfortable at the NHL level. I don't see how he's going to, how he's going to play that physical game. We, we I only agree. saw I it think- in such small pieces in those two games, when you would think you'd be seeing it shift after shift. We talked about this and I apologize for interrupting before uh, we talked about this in the,
1: in the preview season preview pod. This is a guy that needs time in the AHL. This is a guy that needs time to develop a little bit. This is a guy that I think you give him – I think he needs the tippet treatment. I think you keep giving him a a shot up here and see if he's ready, but you got to challenge him to to up his game to a level that justifies the draft pick that he was, A. First of all, let me clarify that. It is never up to a – it is never up to a player to – well they don't decide where they're drafted correct they don't decide where they're drafted however you don't get to rest on your laurels either you need to be pushing yourself to be better you need to be pushing yourself and i think we were expecting that in the khl but i think like with Tippett, Tippett got top line minutes in the ahl got his got his line his minutes in in springfield last year i think it would be very good for this season denisenko to be in syracuse Uh, you know, next season, hopefully in uh, the Carolinas and with the AHL. I think that he needs the top line minutes in a pro style game where he can really put it together because I think you can see in flashes how good he can be. I just worry that if he's not a guy, look, you were able to rush a Huberto and a Barkov into the NHL because, and they turned out to be where they are now.
0: Right. I don't think Dennis that guy.
1: Well, I don't think Dennis that
0: guy. They were I, I want him are to ahead be of where he is at, at Denisenko's age, Huberto and Barkov were, you know, much better players at that time. Right. But no, I, right. I, but I wonder is, because I agree with you that. What he needs is the seasoning. He yep. was getting that in Syracuse. He was scoring in Syracuse. And then he got called up and he went on the taxi squad. He got his two games. and now he's back in the taxi squad. Um, I have to wonder, like, why, why would they pull him up as he was, you know, on that path in Syracuse? Could it be because perhaps they want him to be learning the Panther systems, what Q is teaching, which isn't happening necessarily in Syracuse because sure. it's not the Panthers AHL affiliate. It's Tampa's AHL affiliate sure. and it's Tampa's AHL coaching staff. So that I'm just trying to figure out why would you take him away from Syracuse when at least we agree that that's where he needed to be on that path, getting those minutes, building that confidence, getting the ice time, and then he comes here to do practices with the taxi squad. Why? You and I are totally on the same page about this. Denisenko, the word you used was seasoning;
1: it's the correct one. He needs that time in the NHL, in the AHL. Excuse me, he needs that time on top minutes. I. I do not understand what putting him in a NHL practice does. I mean, look, it—it's the same thing with Dizroziers, right? I mean, he's sitting there doing not, but but I don't think his ceiling is as high as Denisenko. Any of these guys that are sitting on the taxi squad, it should not be your top guys. They should—he should be back down in the AHL. I hope they send him there. I hope this is just temporary for him in the taxi squad. And I hope that unless they're going to bring him back to the NHL squad, which I don't know how much good that's doing him putting him on a third and fourth line. Anyway, it's not the kind of minutes he's going to succeed in. It's not the kind of minutes that are going to boost his game. I, I, I am hoping that they don't mismanage him. They've had a history of mismanagement in the past. There's new leadership uh, at the GM spot this year. I hope that right now they do the right thing with him give him the opportunity to succeed and give him the opportunity to be a legitimate part of this team's future, but not in the NHL club right now. Cause he's clearly not ready.
0: Yeah. It, you have to wonder how much the, the COVID and, and how the taxi squad is even an option. And, and again, sharing HL teams, there, there's so many circumstances this season that are so unique and foreign sure. to, to the normal. So I mm-hmm. guess at the end of the day, we just have to hope that, perhaps being here with the team is going to be what's best for him in the long run, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Right.
1: But really quickly it's, I mean, it, yes, I would agree with you if he was in the AHL at, at Syracuse getting third line minutes, he's not, he's not, he's, he's, he's in Tampa's, he was in Tampa's system, right? Well, I mean, he's, he's playing for Tampa's AHL team and he was getting top minutes.
0: Yeah, no, he was playing well. He was really starting to come around. He was starting to look more comfortable. So. And I, I mean, I get that's why they wanted to bring him up. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I don't know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's tough. Uh, another guy that I wanted to talk about um, as we continue on here um, is uh, defensive, defenseman Gustav Forsling, who was uh, claimed off of waivers from Carolina earlier this year. Um, there's a lot to like about Forsling. He shows great instincts He jumps into the play at the right times. He doesn't get caught. Um, So he's got a really good hockey sense. He reads plays well. And so it's understandable why, uh, why coach Q likes him. Um, And I like how well he plays without the puck too. He's one of these defensemen. That's really good at reading uh, with his feet, really good pivot, quick feet, good acceleration. One of the, one of the things I've noticed, Ian, I'm really curious if you or, or really anybody else has noticed this as well. I I've noticed many times, where it just looks like there are communications issues with forceling on the ice, whether it's in the defensive zone or whether it's on the rush. Um, I like once or twice. I get obviously new player, new team, new systems, all that. When it continuously happens, I, I have to wonder maybe this is a player issue. Maybe this is why the player was available in the first place. I I don't know. Uh, are, are you seeing anything like that? Um. Yeah. And here's the thing with Gustav Forsling. I think, Ideally,
1: he's a number seven defenseman. I think he's a seventh guy. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm going to give the guy credit in that he is pushing play offensively. This is, if you look statistically, look at the data, it obviously, look, it's a, it's a, it's a small uh, sample size with him. But nonetheless, he's pushing play as a defenseman, the best he has in his career. The problem is, realistically when you balance that out with his play defensively it's probably net neutral um yeah i've seen a couple moments where he's been caught behind a play or chase he i saw him um one of the columbus goals from the last game where the panthers had that uh, epic comeback
0: he I think it chased, was the
1: first one was it the first one or the second one?
0: I think it was the first one where he and Yandel were on the ice together. And it was, which, and it was one of one the one.
1: Bjor- one of the Bjorkstrand Bjorg- goals.
0: Oh no, um, no, no, no! You're right. It was the second one where the where the, he and another defense yeah. went behind the net and they left Bjorkstrand all alone. He right chased the someone screen.
1: behind the net. They they both were in the wrong. I mean, one of them. First of all, I don't know why you chase a guy around in that scenario. You you easily could cut him off on the other side. Nonetheless, I'm not. i never. You know, I never. I don't play defense, but. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, I do. I really, I really enjoy watching him push play offensively. He's again, ideally a number seven defenseman. And right now he's, you know, the Panthers have improved defensively period, right? There's no question. They're still probably they still probably need one guy to be, maybe you need one more guy. I don't know. To me for, first of all, I thought uh, Connaughton was playing great in my opinion, defensively. Um, He doesn't push offense like Forsling does, but I I think he was a little bit more solid defensively maybe than Forsling. But yeah, I've seen it too. I've certainly seen what you're talking about in that it appears there's either a lack of communication, maybe it's a lack of, um, chemistry, Mm -hmm. chemistry. Um, you know, because, because you're aware, the awareness doesn't need to be, the awareness can be tied in with chemistry, right? With Ekblad and Weger obviously having an an absolutely incredible season, the two of them offensively and defensively, they don't need to, they communicate always because they're both happen to be talkative players, but they also they know where, where to go to back the other up, right? If, if let's say one of them were to chase that guy around the net, the other knows where to go to, to cover, to cover his ass, to cover that back door, to cover that, to cover the hole that's left. I don't see that Forsling has that chemistry with any of the guys he's been playing with so far. Um, you know, I think he, he is a guy that belongs back and forth between the taxi squad because he belongs on an NHL roster every so often, but I don't think he's a mainstay in your, in your top 90 guy, uh, your top seven, top 60 guys. Yeah.
0: It's, you know, it, if that's the thought, then it, you know, picking him up off waivers, which guarantees the roster spot and doing the same with Noah Juleson, who's been injured of late. Um, I guess it's, it's just nice to have that depth that you can't really yes. point to any defenseman on the roster. Not one of them. That's really hurting you. No everybody's doing their thing. And yeah, I know people always want to point to, to Keith Yandel, but he's he's doing exactly what he's being paid to do. I think Anton, Anton Strawman gets a bum rap because he's often been been the guy hung out to dry by his defensive partner. So he gets the one, he's stuck looking bad when he's actually the one that's there in position to make a play. Um, but I mean, overall, you can't really be upset about the Panthers defensive ranks at all.
1: No, especially I, I bet- with the
0: top pairing as good as Ekblad and Weeder.
1: I'm gonna push back on on Strawman slightly because I know that I know that you often are defensive of Strawman and I, I happen to like Strawman. I think that there have been a couple times. He is a solid defensive defenseman, right? There have been a couple times where he's been caught with his feet not moving, in my opinion, in a in a way that a guy that of his veteran status should know. Um but you're getting out of Strawman exactly what you expect to get out of Strawman, someone that's going to be responsible and someone that's going to, someone that's going to cover up a lot of mistakes from his defensive pairing. Yeah, um, I will say I would like to see Strawman moving his feet a little bit more in some situations. Uh, I just feel like in in an over it was I think it was an overtime a couple games ago when it was they lost to, maybe it was when they lost to Carolina. I'm not sure exactly when it was, but the pass across, it was a beautiful pass by whoever it was that scored, but Strawman was just sort of kind of gliding across the slot. And it was, if he had been skating a little bit harder, you know, maybe he gets a stick in there or something. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here to trash Strawman. I'm not because I happen to like Anton Strawman. Do I love his contract? No different conversation, but I, I, I think, You could get even more out of Anton Strahlman, in my opinion.
0: All right, fair fair enough. Uh, A couple of quick things I want to touch on before wrapping it up. Um, How cool is it that hockey is coming back to ESPN? Very. Like that makes me so happy because I grew up on hockey on ESPN. I grew up with that ESPN NHL theme music. That's why I use it every week on the Chirping the Cats Radio Show. Shameless plug because I love that music so much and I wanted to hear it more often. So I'm like, let me put it in every week. And lo and behold, now it's coming back. It is very cool. And and I, I
1: think that they've done a good job in the, in the years in between, you know, the best they can, but the platform that ESPN provides is you, you can't match it. Um, I yeah. think it's, I think it's great for the NHL. I think it's great for, the teams, I think it's great for the players. The visibility is phenomenal. Um, and I mean, look, is hockey the biggest sport in the United States? No, but if you put it on the biggest sports network in the country, arguably the biggest sports network in the world, uh, you know, it's, you're going to get eyes, you're going to get viewership. I think it's an awesome move. You know, congrats to the NHL for getting it done. Yeah. When and you get that
0: Mickey Mouse money behind you, you can move mountains. Should we point out that we're an ABC station? <laughs> and, and we're so happy. There you go.
1: See if see if that uh see if that does anything for us. Uh fast forward. No, I'm just no. saying, like
0: huh? you, you know, Disney is kind of taking over everything right now. Um, but it, I you know, get get hockey back in the mainstream. Like get it back. Like as you said, the most watched network around, like that you know, hockey fans know to look for hockey games on NBCSN and the NHL network, but casual sports fans certainly don't.
1: No. No. So, and, and and also
0: not just on the air or not the games, but now with the with the network carrying the games, they're going to be in the sports center more often. God correct. willing, we got like an NHL tonight or something like that that returns. They, you know, they have basketball shows. They have football shows. Now they're going to be carrying, they're going to be the exclusive rights holder of the NHL. I would hope they put the other hockey show. I would hope so. I would hope so.
1: If they have the guys to do it. Uh, I mean, think just put Bucci in there, let Bucci in there, yeah. and, and see what see what he does. I mean, that Bucci would be and Melrose. Yeah, I mean that would be first of all that would be like the swaggiest show of all time. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, I would love, I would tune into that. I would absolutely love that. And it's just not everyone gets NHL Network. Cough, cough. YouTube TV. Not everybody gets. Uh, you know, the, the local Fox sports, cough, cough, YouTube TV. Uh, and, you know, everybody gets ESPN. Um, it, it, that'll be, it'll be really great for the NHL, really great for these guys. I'm excited about it.
0: I will say it is hilarious how you have to watch your Panther games because you, you often are texting me during games and I, you're reacting to things on my phone that I saw like three minutes ago. I am so, so far. <laughs> it's always so funny. So, like
1: <laughs> kudos score a kudos. goal.
0: And I'll have totally moved on from it, and then all of a sudden it's like, God damn it! Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, blowing I, up, like what was that?
1: You know what's what's if you just follow my Twitter feed, I get I get almost zero engagement, and it's not because no one actually sees it, but it's because it's a solid two minutes behind literally <laughs> everybody else. Um, my issue is I have YouTube TV. Uh, because of that, I've had to download the Fox Sports Go app and use. Uh, I'm going to get shut down for this use my father's login because he has a uh, direct tv and I'm able to log into Fox Sports go through that and it's a wonderful service I'm glad I have it it is not helpful for me in my uh trying to be timely but yeah no it's uh you can't win every
0: uh, battle no apparently I, 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 I can't win
1: any battle so it's fine right. uh but right. let's well, let's talk a little about how? Let's talk
0: about some actual winning battles. Here you go.
1: Nice transition.
0: Nice. Yeah. So, um, so the Panthers, I am perfectly comfortable saying at this point, mm-hmm. as we record this, I think two games uh, before the uh, halfway point of the season of the schedule, I am perfectly comfortable saying right now that if they do not make the playoffs, it will be the biggest earmuffs fucking disaster that this team has had it maybe ever because they are right now, like they look like a really good team. You know, that's first and foremost, they look like they are set. They look like they are built to win playoff rounds. But if you look just numbers wise right now, as the, as it stands in the standings, they are 12 points up on the first team out of the playoff, which means that's Columbus Columbus would have had to get into the playoffs over the Panthers. And for them to knock out the Panthers, they have to make up a 12 point difference. And Florida has two games in hand with right. those 12 points. And this is at the halfway point of the season. Like it's go ahead. That, that's, that would be a monumental avalanche of failure. So I am perfectly comfortable already anointing the Panthers as a playoff team. Uh,
1: I, in our, in our preview podcast, I, I said the Panthers were going to end up in fifth. I also said that I hoped I was wrong and I'm glad that I appear I'm going to be wrong. Um, the, if there were ever a team that could find a way to do it, it's the Florida Panthers and why it, I mean,
0: But this isn't our, out. are the Panthers that you and I grew up with. They're, Correct. This isn't the Panthers that, you know, No, we and here's why. Suffered with. Because, and here's why, because the Panthers we grew up with,
1: would be losing games right now and would make a furious run with 20 games left and get within two points and miss out. Yeah. The Panthers we're watching right now are even if it's not until the third period, competitive competitive in every game, even They're if it, literally even if it's not until the last eight minutes of the third period, which they gotta yeah. stop doing, or or my Apple Watch is going to break because it keeps telling me to breathe when my heart, gets, <laughs> heart rate gets too high. Uh, <laughs> um, is that why the watch tells you to breathe? I thought it was just, I don't like know. A, a, probably an automated not, thing. But I think probably not. My mind has a mind of its own at this point, because every time, every time I watch university of Miami football games or Florida Panthers, hockey games, it like, it starts smoking from the sides because of my, <laughs> how, high, how high my heart rate is. Um, the, this team is, and it's really, a, it's really, it's, it's ridiculous. Finally, that we have, a, we see a team that we're like, wow, this is a legitimately good, probably a playoff team, hopefully getting past the first round, fingers crossed, toes crossed, eyes crossed. And they, we don't get to see them play against anyone else except for seven teams. And three of those teams are real stinkers. I mean, it's a little bit of a shock, right? That Dallas is such a is such a bum of a team this season, and you know, I don't know what the heck's happening in Columbus and Nashville's a shock.
0: You know, Detroit's not really a shock. Everybody knew they were going to be the bottom feeder, but you know, um, Dallas. still I has mean, some games to make up. I'm, I'm not giving up on Dallas just yet. radilov has been out. Ben Bishop's been out. I'm, I'm not giving up on Dallas just yet. Nashville. Dallas,
1: I, I know Dallas. Look, so. Dallas, but Dallas has played 22 games. they only they only have. Tampa only—they uh, only have three games in hand in ta- on Tampa.
0: Well, I'm not they thinking. Not they're going like to catch team. up on Tampa. I'm saying Dallas may compete for a playoff spot. I'm not. I'm not saying that they're in the bottom of the division just yet. That's that's what I'm saying. Sure. I don't consider them with Detroit. What Nashville is desperately trying to avoid. What Columbus is shockingly no. trying to avoid because they can't keep yeah. the puck out of their own net, which I don't know how that's just- possible.
1: Yeah, no, but and and you're right. If you look at their point percentage, it is their point percentage is fourth in the. Uh, it, well, excuse me, it's fifth in the division behind Chicago. Well, um, I, think I think their best hockey is still ahead of them with Dallas, so I'm, I'm I, just I not would, writing right, them I, off just yet. I would imagine Dallas and Chicago are probably neck and neck by the end of the season. Uh, it would take a a monumental collapse for the Florida Panthers not to be in a one, two, or three spot. My assumption is probably a three based on. How Carolina seems to have their number. However, you never know what happens with Florida and Tampa because apparently the Panthers figure out how to play against Andre Vazilevsky and no one else has.
0: Um, Tampa's so, also getting that amazing deadline pickup of uh, Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> they're kicking the league's ass and their best player is not even in the lineup. <sighs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't it? Well, they're their are, best non goalie. David, they're
1: plus 34. They're plus 34 and Kucherov isn't playing.
0: Yeah.
1: Are, that is, they are so freaking good. Yeah. And the Maple Leafs are a crazy exciting team to watch. And I mean, and, and the Maple
0: Leafs are kind of like Tampa without the goaltender correct. and without the headman.
1: Correct. And, and Vegas is fun to watch and Minnesota's very fun to watch. Uh, Kaprizov, shout out to, man
0: what Kaprizov Kaprizov was amazing Are you all kidding? the KHL guys are starting to take over now but it's he's nice. doing
1: I thought he had a natural hat trick last night but someone scored between his second and his third which was a real bummer uh someone scored an empty netter between his second and his third they brought the goalie back in and then he scored his third on the goalie so <laughs> just to make just to make it a little harder on himself he waited until they brought That's, the goalie back in to
0: score his I love third it. to put his first hat trick in uh tough Russian. he's like no I don't want your empty net. Put Gray back in. I beat him again. (laughs) Um, So back to the original, the point I was
1: making before we got on this entire tangent was it's really disappointing that we don't get to see the Panthers play anyone except for Carolina and Tampa and expect them to have a, 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 you know, you expect the Panthers to beat Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, Dallas, and Detroit at this point. Well, this season we do. going to be good games. Don't get me wrong. This season
0: we do. Correct. Traditionally... Correct. We're the team hoping to, you know, we're that other team. Correct. That hopes to beat the team that's supposed to beat you. Correct.
1: Um, They're going to have good games against Dallas. Dallas is a better team than the record shows. They're going to have good games against Columbus because Columbus just has our number. Uh, And Nashville and Detroit, yikes. Uh, But I don't, you don't know what you're going to get with Chicago. This, these two games are going to be very interesting. Uh, I think it's a a very different team than they played in the first two games of the season um but it's disappointing that we don't get to see the panthers play against someone like toronto play against someone like the islanders play against someone like boston uh and and see some of these teams that normally they'd see a few times during the season
0: they just Um, have to do something they haven't done in 26 years 25 years Win a playoff round. Win a playoff round. You know, it's just that. that they, if they, they have to do two of those this year for them to play any of those teams. And that means beating... Beating Carolina uh, and Tampa, Tampa. probably. Tampa. I mean... Unless Chicago or Dallas has some awesome first-round upset. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, Tampa lost in the first round two years ago. To Bob. I was going to say, to Bob.
1: Uh, you know, look, I th- honestly, with how the Panthers have played against... Tampa and verse, versus how they played against Carolina. I'd almost rather see Tampa, but Kucherov's coming back. So like, maybe not. Look, whoever um,
0: it is. I, I don't I don't even want to play that game. I just, whoever it is, that's who we line up against. It's nice it's to going see them competing it, with everyone.
1: It's likely going to want to be one of the two of them first. And one of the two of them is going to play either Chicago or Dallas, like in the first round. Um, so, you know what?
0: I, I think, I'm glad to give up on first place. They're one point back of first place right now at the halfway. I'm not going to give up on first place. I'm not going to give up on first
1: place. It's possible. I I expect two or three, but I also I'm I am going to say, and I'm gonna (laughs) I'm gonna eat a whole piece of humble pie right here. I am eating my words that I said they're going to end up in fifth. Uh, I'm happy that I was wrong. Hit me with the Twitter hate. Cancel me. Don't care uh keep it kind on the chirping the chats podcast there you go uh this is a playoff team enjoy it well enjoy it let's not worry about be getting out of the first round yet let's worry about the fact that we're going to get to the first round and sit back and, and and relax and just freaking have fun I mean is it isn't it nice going into a game every single night and not hoping we get a point out of it but expecting to get a point out I mean, it's really nice i don't and even when they're down three points in so the third that's period, what it's
0: like to be a fan new england fan that's what it's <laughs> like to be montreal is like, it, isn't it nice to be three goals down in the third period and go
1: they're not out of it they might not win but they're not out of it <laughs> it's not it's, nice to be down three goals in the third period yeah clear,
0: but no it's like it's uncharted territory for Panthers fans right now. Cause e- even it, the, the few successful years they've had, uh, you know, since the millennium changed, you know, it, it hasn't been like this. It hasn't been at the top of the standings like that. That is something we have not seen. And honestly, like the way that the team is built, I I'm thinking that this could be the start of something. They, they, They got the right guy in the front office and they're able to manage these contracts long-term because Barkov and Huberto are both coming up soon. It's, I don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I'm I'm kind of excited.
1: I, and really, really briefly, I want to touch on this because I could go on for a little bit about it, but I want to touch on it very, very quickly. You and I texted about this a couple of days ago. What Lundell is doing in the pro leagues is very exciting to me. That is a guy, and this is not a shot at Alex Wenberg. And this is what I said to you a couple of days ago. It's not a shot at Alex Wenberg. He's been fine. In fact, he's been a little better than fine. He's been good. Uh, I think you have a legitimate 2C in your first round pick of this past year. I I don't necessarily think bring him to the NHL this very second. Obviously, I want him to finish his season out. That's kind of the plan, I believe. I think you have a legitimate 2C in that pick from last year. I think the it, I think if you manage those contracts properly, which is which we expect, I think we expect at this point that it will be handled properly
0: from what we've already seen. I mean, talent evaluation-wise, There's no question the guy knows what he's doing. So now I thought you said, I thought you said talent evaluation. I went, Stop it. No, no (laughs) talent evaluation wise. Zito, we can't argue he's done an amazing job. And he was the cap guy in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Now, they Columbus and perhaps Zito, you know, had a reputation, have a reputation as a hard negotiator. So Mm We'll see that this is this is a topic for another pod at another time, but sure. um, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. But for now, they for the next two, three years with, with the ton, the low contracts they have Barkov and Huberdo on, and the flexibility that they're going to have after this season again. I know, Ian, I'm excited. I am also excited. I'm very excited. And with that excitement in mind, I am going to wrap up episode 31 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. Uh, A big thank you to Ian for sitting here with me and talking some hockey with me because it's always a great conversation talking hockey with Ian and not just because he's a goalie. And I also want to thank everyone out there who's listening. Uh, Please be sure to check out my Panthers coverage on local10.com or you can download the Local 10 app as well. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at David Dwork for daily coverage of the Cats as well. Uh, Also, if you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button, give a good rating, and uh, please feel free to reach out and let me know what you think. Until then, next time, everybody, please be safe, be kind, and stay cool. Adios. Later.